Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Welcome to the podcast. I am very pleased, we're very pleased to have Scott Rummel, voiceover actor and narrator on the podcast today. Welcome, Scott. Thanks, Craig. It's great to see you. Someone along the way heard you and told you something about the level of your talent. Yes. And you know what? This is a badge of honor for anybody who wants to be successful. You absolutely need to have somebody tell you you absolutely cannot make it. And uh, then, that just make, then that just makes you mad and you want to make it. Absolutely. And it also helps you make a decision at that moment. I was in that production room one day and the guy who was on in the afternoon had a beautiful voice and had been doing this for years. And uh, when he, he put on a song and then he walked into that production room and he said, you know, I, I've heard you in here and I see you come in here day after day. And I just want to save you some time and some heartache. He said, God neither gave you the talent or the ability to be on this side of the station. So you should really just forget about it and go back to your sales Ouch. Uh, part. And it was tough. It was tough to hear that. And uh, I, t I, I love to tell college students the story. You know, somebody is gonna tell them that this is a fantasy, it doesn't happen. And, but the, people see what's happening on the outside, but they don't see what's happening in the heart and in the mind, okay? He was probably right at that moment because I probably sounded terrible, you know? And I listen back still to some of these early things that I did and think, how in the world did anybody hire me to do that? It was so bad. But the great thing is, is that if you're committed and passionate about your craft, whatever it is, you will always improve. And so, you know, this, this poor guy told me this and that, that created a fork in the road. Was I going to turn off the lights and the equipment and walk out of that room and never come back? Or was I going to put the headphones back on and keep reading? And something inside me said, keep reading. And so I put the headphones back on and there was a window between the two studios. And when he saw me walk back to that microphone, I'll never forget him shaking his head like this guy is such an idiot. Many years later, to give this guy credit, many, many years later, I get a phone call from this guy. And he says, can I grab coffee with you or something? And I said, sure, yeah, let's have coffee. And I, I hadn't talked to him since I left that uh, radio station in 1986. And he said, uh, we sat down and caught up a bit. And then he said, I need to get something off my chest. He said, you know, I remember what I said to you. And he said, every time I hear your voice, no matter who I'm with, if I'm in a car and I hear it on the radio or if I'm sitting with people and you're on TV or wherever it is, I tell people how stupid I was and how wrong I was. 
And he said, I, I, I need to stop doing that. And so I'm asking for your forgiveness. And I said, you know, that is such a sweet thing. But I said, you played a key role in my success. You really, from your heart, were not trying to sabotage me, but you, you were saying to this young guy that you didn't see talent in that he couldn't do it. And that caused me to make a decision that I was going to do it and I was going to get better at it. And I didn't want him to worry about that any longer. And so we kind of patched things up and gave each other a hug and said goodbye. And I thought that was a beautiful thing that he remembered what he had said to me. And then it, it really haunted him because it's frankly hard to get away from my voice. If you're watching TV or listening to the radio, you're going to hear it. And so uh, I thought that was a beautiful moment. Great conversation with friend and colleague, Scott Rommel, professional voiceover actor. We'll be back right after this break. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. Welcome back to the conversation with Scott Rummel, professional voiceover actor. Let's continue on with some of his insights on the voiceover world. There is a person that really became a mentor to you that, that you're talking about, Scott, the fork in the road. And that person is Dawes Butler. Uh, and that is a person that you've talked about uh, on your TED Talk and other, other uh, interviews, became a mentor to you and Talk about how you connected up with him because I think you heard him on the radio once. Yes, I was coming back from a sales appointment and I was coming back to KYMS and I'll never forget this day. There used to be a show on KABC Los Angeles, which was a talk radio station. And um, they had a host who was an English man by the name of Michael Jackson. Not that Michael Jackson, but, uh, and he was immensely popular and he had great guests. And he um, had Don Messick and Dawes Butler on this day. And I, I happened to be listening. You know, it was just one of those beautiful moments where I was hearing these voice actors. Now, Don Messick and Dawes Butler were known for all kinds of cartoons. Dawes was the voice of Yogi Bear and Huckleberry Hound and Quick Draw McGraw and Snagglepuss and Baba Louie and... He, you know, all these El Ray Jetson, Captain Crunch, he was all these great characters. And Don Messick was really his partner at Hanna-Barbera. And, you know, he played uh, Ranger Smith opposite of Yogi. And he, he played so many great characters, including Scooby-Doo and, and just tons of great characters. And here are these guys. And at that point, no voice actors were ever really being interviewed. There was no YouTube. There was no internet. There was nothing, right? So for me to happen to catch these two guys on this show was fascinating. And I remember sitting in my car outside of the station and just glued to the radio, glued to every word that they were saying. Somewhere in this conversation, Dawes Butler answered a question when uh, I think Michael Jackson said something to the effect of, what do you really enjoy doing? And he said, well, I love to work with new young talent. 
And I was like, well, that's me. I'm new young talent. And uh, it wasn't lost on me that he said this. And you made a phone call. I called Hanna-Barbera. And the person that answered the phone, her name was Andrea Romano. And uh, Andrea has become one of the most Emmy-winning animation directors in history. But at that time, she was working at Hanna-Barbera. And I said, could I please get Dawes Butler's phone number? And she just laughed. She said, well, we don't give out his number. I said, I heard him interviewed on the radio. And he said he loved to work with new young talent. And I'm new young talent. She said, hang on. And she gave me his phone number, right? It's crazy. Lucky you. Lucky me, right? And so I remember rehearsing what I was going to say, dialing the phone, and lo and behold, he picked up the phone. And he had this great little voice, hello? And I said, hi, Daz, my name is Scott Rummel. I heard you on the radio the other day, and you said you like to work with New Young Talent, and I'm New Young Talent. I'd sure love to meet you. And he said, oh, well, why don't you send me a tape? I said, I don't, I don't have a tape. I just, I'd, I'd love to meet you. He said, well, why don't you make a tape? And I said, oh, I was hoping you'd help me make a tape. Long pause. He said, okay, well, I have an opening Thursday at 1 p.m. I left Orange County, uh, still working at the radio station as a sales exec, drove up to Beverly Hills to his home, and uh, when he answered the door, I was shocked because I think Dawes was four foot 11. And here this, this little guy was playing this giant bear, Yogi Bear, you know, and, and all these characters. And he was really just a, a very small man, but uh, just a, one of the greatest men I've ever known. I mean, he was fantastic. And uh, he started giving me scripts. One script would be incredibly sad and horrible. <laughs> I was like, this is not cartoon stuff. And then he'd hand me something that was goofy and silly. And then he'd hand me something that was, you know, kind of straight. And I didn't know what he was doing. But then at some point I realized he's, he's trying to see what my range is. He's trying to stretch me a bit. So we finished with that session and he said, and I, I didn't know if that was the first and last time I would meet this man, but I was cherishing every moment. And then at the end of it, he said, well, I don't know how you feel. He said, God gave you a Stradivarius, but someone needs to teach you how to play it. How would you like to study privately with me? And honestly, at that time, I didn't have a lot of money and I valued this so much that I thought it would be astronomical to study with him privately. And I said, how much is it? And he said, it's $10. And I said, $10? <laughs> like I was that so- was a, That was a steal. It was a steal. Like, uh, you know, at a time when uh, voiceover coaching was going for probably 50 to $75 an hour, he was $10. And he said, is that too much? Like to say, if that's too much, I could drop it down to five. And he said, but I, he said, I want you to pay something for it. So it's worth something to you. And boy, a lot of wisdom in that statement. It of course was going to be worth something to me. But he, he said, I like to keep cookies in the studio and it pays for the tape on the machines and, and uh, what, whatever. He did not need the money. At that time, which was in the 80s, 
his rate was $5,000 a session when he was doing like Captain Crunch and stuff. And that's astronomical money, you know, today. And that was his rate. So he did not need the money, but he felt it important that we paid something for it. And um, he told I, you, you, but he told you you needed an agent, right? At some point, he said, yeah, you need an agent. You're going to need somebody to uh, represent you. And he said, it's really important that you understand the business of show. And so he wasn't just a teacher. He didn't teach me how to do funny voices. He taught me to be a, an actor. He showed me how to orchestrate copy, how I could touch one word and the subtext would be so intense that it would change the whole meaning of the sentence. He would show me things that were fantastic, like mic technique, like to teach me that I could talk incredibly quietly and have good mic placement, and the mic gets every nook and cranny of your voice. And sometimes when you see that, you hear, you know, when you get to that point, you really hear the emotion more you hear the smile, you hear all of that, that stuff. And um, yeah, he was, he was fantastic. And then he started inviting Terry and I to come up on Sundays and take him out to lunch. And he liked to go to this little cafe, I think it was on La Brea called Ships. And it was like a Denny's kind of thing, but he just loved Terry. Uh, he loved my wife a lot and uh, my wife uh, has, has an art form called calligraphy that she does. And he had this printed thing on the wall of the studio that was called The Mentor. And it was just typewritten. And uh, Terry asked if she could borrow it. And then she took it home. And she did a beautiful calligraphy piece called The Mentor. And um, there's a documentary on... Dawes and you can see him sitting there and and that piece that she did for him is is behind him he cherished that and loved that but it's very 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 meaningful yes and so this became a really strong relationship and I was so blessed to have um to have the last three years that he was on this planet uh I was able to study with him it was crazy. I was actually in a session where I was doing a character called Mega Mouth for Frontline Records. It was like a kid's record series. And uh, I was doing these characters and somebody walked in and said, hey, Scott, I just heard on the radio that Dawes Butler passed away. And uh, I just, you know, I was heartbroken, but I just cherish those moments that we had together and uh it was really really fun you know he had um other people that you probably know that were studying with him uh during that same time period i remember hearing that you got a big break and it was with lee jeans yes well i had been working uh as a commercial voice actor uh doing uh, like car dealerships and I, I remember in the beginning uh my first job my first big job when I left KYMS was uh, we would call they were called blue screens 
and it was to order your gut buster call 1-800-55 you know whatever and use your credit card and call now and they would place these on stations all around the country and my first month i did 900 of those right now before you get too excited at five dollars a piece oh my goodness <laughs> at five dollars a piece so I would just rip through these things, but it was a voiceover job. And I remember Dawes was very excited for me when I, when I had left radio and started doing these. And he actually helped me um, with, with th this very short copy and told me how, you know, I could talk about the Ginsu knives, which I did which is, I know you always hear that, but I was like to order your set of Ginsu knives, call what, you know, and, um, and so, you know, we all start in different ways. And, you know, uh, it was good experience for me. It was, it was mic time. And uh, that's the most important thing is just to be behind a microphone using your instrument and, and playing the piece that's set before you. And it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it could be for the gut buster or it, it could be for Lee jeans. Well, you know, I got, I, I did get an agent, which was a whole nother story. Um, but uh, somewhere along the way, I was auditioning a lot and I got Lee jeans. And it was one of those things where I'm sure many, many people read for that. And the basic line was having trouble with your jeans, try Lee the brand that fits. Well, the beautiful thing about a Class A national television commercial is that you can have one session like that, and that if they put that on every commercial, that's a six-figure income for three years, and I was the voice of Lee Jeans for three years, and I, I had very few sessions with them, um, and that was the, the thing that everybody really hoped for, that you could get something like that so that it would relieve the financial stress of being an actor in Hollywood or a voice actor. And uh, I continued to do, you know, whatever it was, car dealer commercials, regional restaurants, fast food, you know, whatever kind of things, healthcare. You have probably, you, know. you have probably forgotten more of those sessions than you remember because there are so many of them. And that's true. And the older I get, uh, you know, I, I, I will hear something on TV and it's me and I'll, I will not have remembered doing that session. And that sounds weird, but if you're doing at times when I'm busy, you know, 10 or more sessions a day, uh, you know, it's just another one of the scripts that you read that day and then moved on to the next job. But, uh, you know, that's a good problem to have. But in the early days, you, you really remember just about everything. And everything is important. Every job. You know, Dawes taught me something about auditioning. He said, I don't want you to think of it as auditioning. I want you to think of it as the one time you're able to perform the material. And it may be the last time, first and last time you actually get a chance to perform that material. And if you get it and get paid for it, well, that's a bonus. That's icing on the cake. And that really took a lot of pressure off of me because it made me not think I have to get this. 
you know, uh, it can really mess with an actor's mind if you really need the money and you go into an audition and it, it can really color the way you read it. And so it was my moment to perform that material and you do the audition and then you move on. And, uh, and you know, luckily I, I used to pray for one audition a week. And then I started getting one audition a week and then I would pray for one audition a day and I got one audition a day. And then I soon started to pray for one job a week and then one job a day. And then, you know, I, I really started this voiceover career in 1984 at the station and then went full-time in 1986. So this has been a lot of years. And the first 10 years was, you know, was intense. Uh, there was moments that, like I had mentioned earlier, there was very little money. Uh, I had to spend money on gas to drive up to LA and read these auditions and hope, hope and pray that I could get them. Tell people, Scott, how you would uh, warm up your voice as you drove up to LA. I would drive up on the five freeway, which is filled with billboards, and I would read every billboard aloud as I drove to L.A., you know, because it was commercial copy there in big, bold letters for me. And that's how I would warm up and, and get my brain in that zone. Now, I will say uh, I also use that time to, to the first part of my day to spend in prayer you know, get that part going and then begin to read the billboards. Um, but that was something that I did every day. Really enjoying this conversation with Scott Rummel. We'll be back in the next episode to pick up where we left off. Join us. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.